Hi, you're tuned into the IoT Insider with Dan Cunliffe. I'm Managing Director of Pangea. Um, what you're going to hear in our podcast is the lowdown on all tech opportunities and partnerships you'll need in order to get started and succeed in the Internet of Things market. Um, the podcasts are intended to be short enough for you to enjoy on your commute or when you're driving or traveling to meet someone um, in the market and you maybe want to hear something interesting um, ahead of your meeting. Uh, whether you're a partner already of Pangea uh, or just looking to learn some more about engagement or IoT content, um, please make sure that you subscribe and tune in for our monthly podcast uh, to get all the best information. Um, and I may refer to certain sports uh, from time to time because I'm obviously an avid sports fan. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Dan Kunov, Managing Director of Pangea, and thank you very much for joining us for our October uh, podcast. Uh, I'm delighted to be joined by my sales director, Bernie McPhillips. Bernie, how are you doing? I'm really good. Thanks, Dan. How are you today? Not bad. Thank you. Not bad. We're uh, good, re- good. recording across uh, two continents as usual um, <laughs> and um, being able to you know, use the power of connectivity all around the world from our different locations. Uh, but just talking about different locations, we were very fortunate enough to be um, asked to be part of the Channel Live IoT panel Um couple of weeks back now and I felt that um, it would be a good idea for us maybe to go through some of the questions we particularly had on the panel um, basically focusing on you know should someone start building their own IoT ecosystem um, and how soon should they do that to take advantage of the opportunity uh, and I thought maybe we'll just go through some of those questions buddy and um, maybe give our partners a bit of insights to to what hopefully will help them grow their business at the end of this year and hopefully into next year as well. Yeah, sounds great. Let's, let's do it. Cool. So um, one of the questions was, um, is adding IoT to your portfolio any different from taking on another product? What are the major considerations for partners? Um, do you want to have a crack at that first? Maybe maybe tell us what you think. Yeah, sure. No problem at all. that. In terms of um, reviewing the opportunities available with IoT, I don't necessarily see it as any different from from taking on other products. Uh, A lot of our partners are are telecoms providers, um, internet service providers, technology-led companies. And there's been many evolutions of all of those um, particular sectors over, over many decades. Think about the birth of smartphones, mobile email, applications, hosted voice, et cetera. Um, and when reviewing those new opportunities as, as they come around, I speak an awful lot about kind of just three main considerations when reviewing new products. And mm-hmm. this won't be any any secret to you, Dan, probably yeah. repetitive for you. But um, you know, the, the first thing is, is the opportunity real? So, uh, you know, what are the facts? What are the figures? Um, and what is the market all about initially? So, you know, most people who listen to these podcasts will have a view of what IoT is, but effectively, you know, we're connecting sensors, we're connecting things, and those um, those things or those sensors can be in cars, buildings, machines, effectively enable them to communicate um, their status, things about their, their environment, and to be able to control those things remotely. Um, and that just makes so many things possible, just you know, asset tracking, condition monitoring, preventive maintenance, uh, and even things that are now peer um, maybe less futuristic than they used to, like autonomous cars, driverless vehicles, and so all these. This technology is constantly broad, constantly growing. So, is it real? It, it absolutely is. I don't think any yeah. any analyst in the world is kind of um, denying the fact that the Internet of Things and, and I, you know, everything related to it um, is a huge growth area. Yeah. 
And actually, um, more recently, um, I would say there's even been a surge in that, that predicted growth and, and indeed an adoption. So one of our um, strategic partners, one of our suppliers, Vodafone, have just recently released their IoT barometer for 2019. Uh-huh. Um, and they're kind of, you know, they're seeing exactly the same thing. More than a third of companies are now using IoT. Um, that's up from 29% last year. Uh, and the, the benefits that are coming out of it are just are just growing more and more quickly. So I think we've all read about the, the billions of devices, trillions of dollars. Um, but the great news is, as we're you know, moving across uh, through this timeline, it, it genuinely is becoming real. Yeah. Um, the second one of those pillars, so you know, is the opportunity real? I think absolutely. Can I win? So yeah. I think you absolutely can. But it's it has to be I think with a partner led approach. The IoT market is extremely complex. It's extremely vast. And I don't think any one provider is going to try and do it all on their own. So I think a lot of this is about, a lot of the success in IoT is about collaboration and, and being part of or at the center of a great partner ecosystem. Um, and then the third bit is then can I make money? And again, I don't think there's any doubt about that in terms of how you can make money from IoT. Um, there's huge amounts of revenues available, good solid margins. Um, a very different con- like how people are prepared to contract, how organizations are prepared to contract. Yeah. As you'll know, Dan, because um, I'm pretty sure you're heavily involved in it back in the day, but our longest contract is 15 years. Yeah, and I imagine exactly. that's relatively unheard of in telecoms. Um, you often don't have to give away hardware at the, at the, at the very beginning of an IoT project as well. well. Yeah. Um, so you're not necessarily even cash flow negative right at the very start. So there's a lot of reasons to get involved in IoT. Yeah, I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, your three sort of um, questions have always been really relevant for me, even from early days before we got into this business. But you are right, you know, is it real? Can we win and can we make money? I think for the partners, it's important that um, there is an opportunity to grow business from the can we make money part. Otherwise, you know, why why invest or why, or why kind of get into it? I'd say uh, part of the major consideration for partners is really to be sure not to um, try to do everything on your own. Um, I think that's a, that's another one for me, really be open to uh, working with someone who can probably provide you with more than just uh, one part of an of an IoT ecosystem, possibly give you as many parts as possible so you can really attract and I suppose attack um, existing business uh, within your within your channel. Now, excellent. I mean, um, so that was excellent coverage of, of the first question. Uh, the second one that we maybe want to dive a bit deeper into and, and I'll, and I'll have a little go at this and we can, we can go from there is, you know, where do you see the most successful channel deployments, which markets or types of solution? I think we're always asked like, you know, where should we go? Where should we um, focus for our partners? Um, and I'll, and I'll probably take it back to when we started Pangea just over four years ago, there was a lot of push if you want, like we were really uh, trying to, trying to get people to buy into uh, the Pangea's IoT ecosystem, you know, where we had our connectivity portfolio, our devices portfolio, and the analytics side, um, and slowly but surely started to evolve that into more um, into more of the solutions. Where you tend to find uh, some of the big wins, I guess, is you know traditionally telematics has always been a very strong play, and that could be vehicles, uh, that could be. Um, connected uh, drains it could be anywhere where you've basically got a small amount of data that needs to move and help you understand that thing you're connecting to the internet but actually what i'm finding and and, and i think some of our partners are as well is uh, it really comes into some of their um existing business in quite a few places construction seems to be in a very strong play where 
the just just the the actual deployment of services and I suppose connectivity is very difficult because to reach certain construction sites, um, you know, via traditional methods, wired connectivity is very hard. So, using uh, strong four G services, multi network four G services uh, with static IP becomes a very uh, strong market and also a pretty decent um, lucrative market as well. I'd say probably one of the more innovative um, areas where we're seeing traction is also on um, what I like to call kind of value-added connectivity or value-added uh, application around IoT, where we um, build things like wide area networks uh, for some of our enterprise partners, um, <clears throat> but equally look at things like uh, backup solutions on 4G. Those things seem to be gaining a lot of traction with our telecoms partners. Um, Bernie, what do you reckon with our uh, solution partners? Obviously, you deal with a couple of them. Uh, maybe want to talk about some of them and kind of where their uh, big wins are coming? Yeah, for sure. I think you just, you know, Betty Yellow Company touched on certainly some of the, the key verticals there, Dan. And um, I wouldn't disagree with any of that. I do tend to just loosely caveat any conversation around, um, you know, which sectors should I focus on? We yeah. kind of, I don't necessarily see a need to reinvent your business if you're a, an existing telecoms reseller, an internet service provider tech, you've got a very successful business already. Look at where you've already been successful. Yeah, that might true. be down down to geographical area. So within your local area, if you if you're heavily focused geographically, if you you know if if you're in a very industrial area, you're probably sold to a lot more kind of maybe construction, um, manufacturing, logistics types companies, as opposed to more urban-based resellers that are probably maybe selling into the legal and finance sector, for example. So you, there's, there's no need to reinvent your business in order to adopt an IoT strategy, because undoubtedly, wherever you've been successful in the past, and wherever you've sold your more traditional product into, there are IoT opportunities in those sectors. Um, so you don't, I say you, don't, you don't need to um, all of a sudden tear all that up and everybody scurry off and try and focus on um, your construction, telematics, et cetera, and the things that you've just gone through. Look at where you've been successful in the past and and do more of what you've already been good at. Yeah, that, absolutely. That sense, yeah? yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I always would say to the partners when we started, and even today, it's it's um, it's it's quite a nice uh, thing to almost go into the customer and uh, maybe pick your top 20 partners and really focus on what specific applications or devices or even just, you know, um, sort of value-added connectivity you could bring into that existing piece. And you're absolutely right. Why change your business? The IoT actually helps fit to existing services very easily. Um, yeah. And that's one of the successes we've had, but also our partner channels had, is that we work really closely with the partner to identify where you can make existing revenues grow because your existing customers yeah. are already there so now i totally agree yeah, with you on that um in terms of that channel we've got approach 200 partners now um within our ecosystem and i honestly couldn't even name one of which have had to kind of completely realign themselves in terms of the verticals that they um that they sell into as yeah. a result of adopting an iot strategy there's, there's been opportunities and success to be had in the, the places that they focused previously yeah, totally, totally agree with you. Um, cool. I mean, you know, we've covered off kind of what sort of, I guess, verticals or solution types we're looking at. Um, the last question was was focused around how will changes in the IoT landscape impact partners over the next one to two years? Um, I think, you know, it's only going to really grow in terms of where it's going. You've got um, many, many factors that are going to start to increase the way that 
the Internet of Things gets used, but equally how simple things like autonomy amongst machines or more information that helps to drive better outcomes starts to develop. Um, one such specific that is actually going to be quite exciting, and we've done a lot of work in uh, in the world of 5G, is actually the sort of triangle of 5G that comes in uh, comes into play. For some of you who've heard Bernie talk about it, heard myself maybe talk about it, even heard the the good old Dr. Arslan Usman in our team talk about it. Um, there's kind of three specifics around 5G that are um, coming to four as 5G becomes more and more important. Those being um, massive mobile, which which essentially means um, many, many connections, almost uh, a million per square kilometer. Ultra-reliability reliab- ultra and low latency. That's really about, um, exactly as it st- says there, being very, very, uh, uh, accurate, um, low latency, highly reliable connectivity. And the third part of that triangle is the enhanced mobile broadband, which is sort of what we're experiencing at the moment in terms of you know just foster connectivity. Um, but I think the stuff that's really exciting for us, um, Bernie, is the ultra-reliability and the massive mobile um, for things like self-drive cars, etc. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the... The, the massive mobile gives you allows you to have connection density. So if you consider at the moment, probably a frustration that anybody who listens to the podcast will will have endured at some point is if you go to a concert or a sporting event where there's um, a large number of people in a, in a small space, so you have tens of thousands of people in a stadium, for example, you may well have you know, a really strong signal on your mobile device when you look at it, be four or five bars, that's great. But as soon as you try and do something, um, you know, connect to the internet, post something on social media, you don't seem to be able to break out. Yeah. Um, and that's just all down to connection density. There are simply too many people trying to connect to the same cell site. And you're right, you know, 5G kind of really helps to overcome all of that and allows that, you know, a million plus connections in within a single square kilometer, which you know, simply has to happen if you think of what, you know where IoT is going. And especially with things like autonomous vehicles, um, where connectivity isn't just important, it's simply critical. Yeah. You can't have a, a really busy part of town um, with a lot of cars and all of a sudden oh, we can't connect all of these cars at once and they're just going to, they're literally just going to start crashing into each other. Yeah. So you need to have that you know, the connection density and then you know, the ultra reliable, ultra reliable low latency um, is then just a completely, you know, complete game changer when it comes to healthcare, for example. You need to absolutely guarantee as close to real time because you're talking about less than a millisecond latency. Yeah. As close to real time as you're ever really going to get when you're transferring data across you know, what potentially could be thousands of miles to allow specialists to oversee or even maybe conduct um, surgery remotely um, you know, with, with the use of you know, robotic arms and, and that kind of thing. But at the very least, be able to oversee and, and instruct um, surgery remotely. Yeah. That information has to be passed from A to B in, in as close to real time as you can possibly get. Otherwise, that specialist isn't able to to respond to what is happening to that patient or their vital statistics um, anywhere near as quickly as, as would need would need to be. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes, the five the five G piece is huge. I think even at a more basic level, Dan, if you think of the the evolution in connectivity up to this point in time, your GPRS, two G, three G, four G, as as speeds have got quicker the applications and what we're trying to do over that connectivity becomes increasingly more data hungry. So as applications continue to develop and people find new and innovative things to pass over the 5G network, um, 
people use more and more data. Yeah. So I think I think a real significance and a great opportunity for our resellers. It just at a more basic level, the importance of managed connectivity versus unmanaged. Yeah. As things, as devices, as applications have the need to use more and more and more data, there is a potential for exposure in terms of you know, massive amounts of data being used and are you on the right tariff? Um, are your devices doing what they're meant to be doing? Whereas if you have managed connectivity, you've got real-time alerts, notifications, real-time visibility via a portal, et cetera, um, so that you can truly manage the connectivity that's, that are driving your applications. Absolutely. And that's just a, a fantastic and I think slightly more basic opportunity that's available to our channel. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna add one last thing in terms of um, opportunity for kind of the future of the next two okay. years is with the ultra reliable uh, low latency element to 5G, um, which will be available within the next two years, it's still at least a year away. But when that starts to become really useful, um, there is actually going to be, I the way I see it coming, there is going to be a almost paid for or premium to have a specific slice of the 5G uh, spectrum for your clients. So for example, if you are already servicing people like the NHS or certain healthcare or even the police or you know many of our partners already provide services in those markets, um, you can actually upsell with a far uh, more reliable, uh, almost a sort of service level guarantee, which you could never do before on a mobile network. Um, which you can do in the future. And I think that's going to drive a lot of higher value services uh, as well as some really cool innovation. So, yeah, we've got lots to look forward to in the next 12 to 24 months. Partners are quite used to those types of services where instead of paying for um, having fiber installed into your building, you have something more dedicated for you. Um, And then it guarantees a certain level of of, of bandwidth, doesn't it? So I think that's uh, something that our channel would be very familiar with. That's a great point. I think it's um, safe to say that, you know, on the channel debate, um, there was a lot of different angles. We had people from uh, definitely more the device world. We had guys from uh, the sensor world, application world on the on the panel. And I think the overall piece is that, you know, the IoT is here. It's, um, it's coming even more. We've got uh, different levels of estimates of growth. But what's important is that there is growth. And it's quite clear from our business and our partner channel that, these things are exciting. So if this is your first time listening to uh, to us, um, welcome. <laughs> but equally, um, if you found what we said quite interesting, please do get in touch uh, via the various channels. This will probably be um, available either, you know, LinkedIn, uh, our website, uh, www.pangea-group.net um, and various places where you can find us on Twitter as well, at Pangea Connected. Um, Bernie, uh, I will, we'll probably close up over there. Uh, please head over to our blog for the IoT Tech Guides um, and Sector Insights. Or if you want, just give us a call. The number's on the website um, as well. I think lots of things to come in this market um, and a hugely exciting time for us. Yeah, massively, massively. Thanks for having me. No pleasure. Really enjoyed it and uh, yeah, look forward to, to hearing from any, uh, all of our resellers and partners who've got any questions about what we've spoken about. Brilliant. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.